0: Hello, Blackhawks fans, and welcome into the Blackhawks on Cap post game show brought to you by the Four Feathers Podcast and On Cap Sportsnet. I am Johnny Nani, joined today by Tony Marchese to break down a four to one loss to the Vegas Golden Knights in Game One of the first round Stanley Cup playoff series. Um, Tony, how you doing, man?
1: Johnny, good to be on the microphone with you as always. It was. Uh... It wasn't the outcome we wanted, but uh, it was a joy getting to watch some actual Stanley Cup playoff hockey for the Blackhawks. I know we got to see a series victory against the Edmonton Oilers. That was the qualifiers. But, hey, it is official that Blackhawks playoff hockey is back, Johnny, and that should be a good feeling overall.
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely, Tony. The first time in Four Feathers' existence that we are recapping yes. a actual playoff. When you're t- uh, talking about, um, you know, actually considered playoff games here, uh, because the first one, yes, it was postseason, like you'd mentioned. But no, this is the actual playoffs now. Um, like I said, Blackhawks opened it up with a four-one loss, and while that may look lopsided. Um, Tony, I think the overall message of this show is that it's not time to panic, and there were some positives here. Obviously, we're not huge silver linings, guys, but we're going to dive into a few of the things that uh, can definitely be improved upon going forward and some key areas that uh, can help the Blackhawks make this thing interesting.
1: Yep. Let's get at it, Johnny.
0: All right. Yeah. So uh, in this one, uh, no scoring in the first period, Tony, what did you describe it as last night?
1: It was that feel-out period, man. I I feel like I've seen this plenty of times in not just uh, Blackhawks playoff series, but uh, a majority of playoff series uh, that you watch. you got seven games um, to play with. Uh, so a lot of teams are just kind of feeling each other out there in that first, and I think that's exactly what the Hawks and the Knights were doing. Uh, it's kind of like watching two boxers go at it in the ring first round. You're just kind of throwing a little jab here and there, uh, a little back and forth, but you're not trying to make anything – uh, too disruptive. You want to just play, too, play a little cautiously uh, and figure out, uh, you know, where you can strike your opponent. Um, and, and both the Hawks and Knights just it, – it's boring hockey somewhat, uh, but there's a lot of energy. You want to get the butterflies out, and I think that's the best way to start the series. Uh, we've seen this before. Um, very normal.
0: Yeah, so no scoring in this first period. Uh, Tony, I think that's a great way that you described it um, just now, and like we were talking last night as we were watching the game together. Uh, But like I mentioned, no scoring in the first period. If you're going to talk about who threw the first blow, um, I mean, the one that actually landed was the Knights in the second period, but the Blackhawks did. um, When when We were talking about things to, you know, kind of be positive about here. They did start off this game with some nice jump, and they were getting the um, better quality chances early on, and then that shifted in favor uh, of the Golden Knights as that period went along. Um, But... uh, Overall, not a terrible start for the Blackhawks. And then you get into the second period and maybe one that Corey Crawford would like to have back. I think he definitely would, honestly, If you ask him about the Shea Theodore goal that opened the scoring in this one. Yeah, I definitely think Corey Crawford would like to have that
1: one back, Johnny. Uh, The fact that uh, the Vegas Golden Knights get on the board first here kind of set the tone uh, because you're going to see another goal scored pretty shortly thereafter. But, uh, you know, goals are going to happen. They're going to get by. Um, And Corey's a professional. He knows he's been here before. I think we've said that in that second period when we were watching the game last night. He's been here before. He knows what he's doing. Um, And he was he was keeping his team in the game there through a a large portion. I mean, that one came at 722 in the second. Uh, He was spotless up until then. Uh, The gates opened up just a little bit, though, for Vegas after that first goal, Johnny.
0: Yeah, definitely, Tony. Um, You know, one thing that we kind of had an abbreviated preview show uh, before the series got underway. And one thing that I did not mention in there, um, that that was kind of a note if we were going to record a full one, thanks to the storms that, you know, wiped everything out. No power here. So I couldn't get the full episode in. But one of the things I was going to say is, you know, you got to be cognizant. Of Vegas's Vegas' D-men activating, uh, you know, in the offensive zone. And Shea Theodore obviously did that when opening the scoring. They got other guys that can do it, too. Um, and White Cloud, and there's a couple other guys on their back end. Uh, You know, uh, Alec Martinez, you know him from his days in, in uh, L.A. So, you know, bad memories for Blackhawks fans. But, uh yeah, you, you got to be aware of that And that shot. You know, just skip through on Corey Crawford. And like you said, floodgates kind of open a little bit there. William Carrier. Um, scores not too long after um, at the 939 mark um, of this one. And that, and that kind of sucks because Matthew Highmore got bowled over in front of the net and, and then the puck ends up being centered right in front of Corey Crawford and what does it end up right under Highmore's armpit pretty much and back in yep. the back of the net. So own goals never feel good, but uh, Blackhawks were able to get one back not long after that Um
1: they were shorthanded,
0: but thanks to an excellent effort by Brandon Saad uh, with with the forecheck and then the strip and getting it over to David Camp, who roofed one over Robin Leonard's glove. Um, that, that was nice to see. Uh, you know, Our guy, Blackhawks D-Zone, uh, is one of his favorites, David Kampf uh, get his first playoff goal tone.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool to see, and I actually thought that this was going to be a big momentum shift for the Hawks. Uh, anytime you get a shorthanded goal mm-hmm. in a game, uh, that's normally a good tip in the right direction for your, for your club, but um, Hawks unable to do anything after that, but let's let's take this and look at this kind of bigger picture here. Um, Vegas did not score on the power play and neither did the Hawks. But yes, uh, we're facing a much different power play than we saw in the first series against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the Hawks looked pretty comfortable uh, facing Vegas uh, when they were shorthanded. And, you know, you're even able to put one away on one of the two power play chances. Uh, that's going to give that special teams unit a huge boost. I mean, you made it through uh, the best special teams power play in Edmonton. And now you've got, uh, I mean, Vegas still has their weapons, but it's nowhere near Leon dry side, Connor McDavid out there. Um, and, and I think that the Blackhawks should, should start to feel better about their, their penalty kill, especially when camp is able to get down there. I mean, you had the, the great play from Saad you mentioned uh, to get it over to camp, but, You get that unit back out there. They start rolling. All of a sudden, you've taken away a huge weapon uh, for any team uh, being on the power play. And if this penalty kill can continue to roll, it's going to allow the Blackhawks to stay in games. And especially if you're able to add a shorty here and there, that could be a big momentum shift in a series, Johnny.
0: Yeah, Tony, I actually wrote an article over at OnTapSportsCent.com this morning talking about how vital special teams will be to this. Um, It was a tweet from Ben Pope that kind of prompted the whole thing Uh, and and just numbers on these chances here. Um, Each team had two power plays and the Blackhawks limited Vegas to just three scoring chances on those two power plays and obviously scored that shorthanded goal that we were just discussing. And then um, on their two power play opportunities, uh, generated eleven scoring chances. I believe six shots on goal it ended up being, but um, that's going to be big going forward because Vegas' penalty kills was fifth. Excuse me, fifth worst in the league uh, during the regular season. Now they did step it up uh, during their um, round robin games, but uh, on the overall, uh, Vegas' penalty kill is one of their weaknesses. Team that doesn't have many weaknesses one that they have you got to exploit so that'll be big uh going forward and that can also be something that maybe jump starts patrick kane uh you want to read more on that go to ontapsportsnet.com and click on our blackhawks tab it should be the first article on there so uh, moving on through this one though uh third period just got out of hand man um 332 into that period riley smith um he, he gets one that Corey crawford definitely wants to have back uh this is one is on Corey crawford it hits um up off of him and then uh over his shoulder and into the net um he he's a professional he knows that he should have had it and i think the team knows that but they got his back um and, and like i said after that floodgates kind of open riley smith gets in and pots a really nice backhander at the 8 uh, 14 mark and that was about all she wrote in this one um you know, uh, it sucks when you see in the third period there, Blackhawks uh, only – what do they put up shot-wise in that third period? Um only six shots in the third, uh, you know, they had five in the first nine in the second. So um you'd like to see a little more pushback there, but um they had a power play late in there and Kane hit a post on that one. So that's one that doesn't even count as a shot on that. I think, what do we count Tony? I know uh, Foley said four, but we counted five last night
1: posts. Yeah, we were, we were one off from Foley. Uh, it was either three, four, or four, five, uh four feathers over Pat Foley there uh, for <laughs> posts. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what did we talk about as the third period was winding down, Johnny? If if you
0: get one or two of those, uh, maybe you have a different game here. Um, oh, I think it's a completely different tone to the game because there were yeah. a couple early when Robin Leonard, um, you know, Mr. High Maintenance over there, uh, lost a skate blade twice. in that first one, Dylan Strom ringed one off the post, too, back in the first period. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know,
1: we, we talk about hockey being all about momentum. Uh, you know, you, you put one or two of those in on top of the shorthanded goal. Uh, I think the Hawks would have been able to take control of this game and kind of just cruise from there on out. Uh, all, unfortunately, uh, the uh, the puck luck wasn't uh, in the Blackhawks' favor tonight, and you know, maybe we can get uh, the uh, the four feathers uh, post game presser bingo uh, out in action for us while we're while we're doing these shows with that matter. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I know it's funny even using commentary about this game. It's funny we like to joke about the stock answers that uh, hockey players and coaches give. But then we end up using a lot of the same terminology here when we get on the podcast. Uh, I guess that's because it's, you know, just the nature of the game uh, when you're discussing what went down. But um, yeah, uh, like I said, the biggest thing there, it would have been nice to see Kane pop that on the power play in the third period. Just to give a little moment. I know the game would have been out of reach already 4 uh, one score that would have made it 4 two. So maybe give yourself a little life there. I I don't think they were coming back, though, but that would have been a nice jump start for him. But um, I think going forward, Tony, I think the best thing to do is you and me right after the game. um, It was kind of, all right, that was game one. This is a longer series, a seven-game series instead of the five that we played um, against the Edmonton Oilers in the qualifying round. So uh, just looking forward, um, what are your biggest adjustments going into game two on Thursday night?
1: Well, I do have one thing I want to say, and this might be somewhat of an adjustment, uh, but I want to comment on something that we talked about a lot during the season and something that I've noticed has changed uh, with the Blackhawks here in not only this game, but uh, a few of the games against the Edmonton Oilers is Kirby Doc's ice time. 21 minutes, 30 seconds over Patrick Kane, who played 2055 Um, back early on in the year. Kirby Doc was not seeing over 13 minutes of ice time. And all of a sudden you've seen this shift from the Blackhawks where Kirby Doc is their most relied upon forward. Um, you know, hindsight is 2020, but wouldn't Kirby Doc be a little more prepared for some opportunities that he's seen on the ice. If he was playing somewhere near 20 minutes for a majority of the season. So I'm a little bit, I wouldn't say I'm upset. I'm i am glad that Kirby Doc's getting this, this ice time that he's seeing right now, because I think he can be an offensive force. Big body. He's going to be a guy in a playoff series that, that can uh, take a toll uh, on the opponent. Um, you know, we saw the one play from Doc uh, where he clearly should have shot that puck, but instead wraps it around the net. Uh, you know exactly which play I'm talking about, Johnny. But, mm-hmm. you know, these are, these are some rookie, rookie mentality mistakes I think we're seeing from Kirby Doc. And I think going forward, this is going to be very good for him because he's getting a taste of playoff hockey in his first year in the NHL. And you're going to see him start to get that killer mentality. But just going back to, you know, uh, November, uh, even where we were like, why is Kirby doc only on the ice for nine minutes? Well, it's, it's a huge jump to go from a guy that, that was only seeing minimal ice time to your most relied upon forward in a playoff series against a team like the Vegas golden Knights. That says a lot about Kirby doc, but it also, it also says a lot about what's supporting him and around him. Um, you know, I look at the time on ice for the Hawks, very top heavy with Patrick Kane, Kirby Dock, uh, Jonathan Taves, uh, Alex Dabrinkit up there as well. And then you get a mixture of all of the other guys in there somewhere between 10, 12, maybe 14 minutes. And then I look down at the Vegas Golden Knights, no forward over 20 minutes of ice time in game one. They're going to be a little bit more fresh uh, than I would expect a guy like Kirby Doc to be coming into this next game. Um, you, we, we remember back to some of these cup teams, uh, and Joel Quinville speaking of how important it is to be able to roll four lines, the Vegas golden Knights depth, Johnny, just so far above what the Blackhawks have right now. So you're going to need to spread it out a little bit and you're going to need to get that secondary scoring that we saw from the, uh, Blackhawks in the first series against Edmonton. Um, you know, Drake Kajula only 10 minutes, 58 seconds time on ice. I would like to see him out there a little bit more you know, bashing up the Vegas Golden Knights a little bit in game one, Uh, start to get physical, Johnny. That's what I want to see
0: yeah definitely I'm uh, definitely with you there they do need that depth scoring it was nice uh to see matthew highmore pot a few in that edmonton series so uh they're gonna need the likes of those you know david camp a fourth liner granted you know this is a shorthanded goal um but uh, guys like him uh, ryan carpenter like you had mentioned drake kajula definitely has the ability to get to the front of the net clean up a greasy goal so um i'm totally with you there uh for getting a little more balanced um like vegas is they're extremely balanced uh probably the most i would go and uh crown them the most balanced team in the league because of their ability to roll four lines and three pairs night in and night out and never have a lapse. So um, it's going to be a tough task uh, for the Blackhawks. But like you'd mentioned, uh, this was a feel it out. Granted, the first period, that's what the theme was there. And sure, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, kind of shot out of a cannon after that. But um, still, in my mind, the whole game, kind of a feel it out uh, first to seven. It's going to still be a long series here. Um, I would not expect the Blackhawks to go down quietly, um, especially given the structure uh, that they've played with. Um, in comparison to the regular season, it's like night and day. So, uh, you and I touched on it. Um, even though Vegas, you know, ends up getting four goals in this game, um, it, it was, did not feel like a regular season game where, oh, they could have gotten eight or nine. It's like, no, that was probably about right for them Mm -hmm. Four, maybe five. If they, I think they had a post as well. Um. So it's just nice to see them, you know, kind of clean up in front of the net, um, do a little bit better at protecting the center of the ice there. That's continuing that is going to be the key. And then uh, as we were talking about earlier, special teams for me, that's going to be big. Get that power play going. Um, you may get Patrick Kane going because of that. And then also uh, you're obviously putting yourself in a better spot on the scoreboard. Yep. I absolutely agree with you, Johnny. Let's let's get into game two here. What do we have? Yeah, so game two uh, will be Thursday afternoon. Uh, It is a 4.30 p.m. Central Time start uh, on NBC Sports Network nationally. Um, So, you know, Blackhawks looking to bounce back in in this one. Uh, You know, all those points that we just mentioned, uh, they got to be emphasized going into uh, game two here. So uh, you got to stick-to-click prediction. Stick-to-click prediction for game two.
1: I I don't know why I keep hovering around Alex Dabrinkit, but I have to go with a guy that's been just a little bit quiet. He did have five shots on goal in game one. That's Dominic Kubelik. Uh, I really think that he is going to break out and have another dynamic offensive
0: performance in this series. I'm going to take it in game two. Two goals for Kubelik. Yep, I I would love to see that. Like you mentioned, the five shots for him. Uh, First line, I think that's going to be key for getting the scoring going as well. Uh, because Vegas was uh, essentially able to shut down the um, Kane, Doc, and uh, DeBrinket line. So, yeah, if you can get the first uh, line being that threat again, like they were against Edmonton, uh, that, that'll that be big because it'll take some eyes off of Patrick Kane on the second line there. So uh, I like that pick a lot, Tony. I'm going to go with a guy on that first line as well, uh, the other winger, Brandon Saad. Um, the guy, you know, always plays balls to the wall. Um, He plays that, you know, kind of a bit of a heavy uh, hybrid of skill and uh, checking game. So um, I think he can thrive against a team like the Vegas Golden Knights. Wouldn't be surprised to see him pot a rebound goal uh, on Thursday night. So um, that's about all I've got. You got any final thoughts before we sign off? Hey, we talk about weather and the storm a lot. Uh, The storm hasn't
1: even started here. This series is going to get intense, in my opinion. Uh, Like you said, I don't see the Blackhawks going down without a fight. Um, I'm, I'm pretty okay with the effort that we saw tonight. It was, it was, they were, they played a pretty clean game. Uh, there's a few that, that Corey Crawford would have liked to have had back, but I fully expect the Blackhawks to come out guns blazing in period one and game two. Uh, they're going to want this one back. They're going to have a little bit more hunger and I expect a really intense hockey game for game number two, Johnny.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. I expect exactly the same thing. You know, Vegas is going to roll their four lines, um, and they're going to bang some bodies. They're a pretty physical team, but um, Blackhawks need to use the speed and skill uh, to be able to get around that. And like I said, go back to it once again. Special teams will be huge. Get those rolling, and you may find yourself in the win column here. So um, that'll do it for this episode of the Blackhawks on post postgame show, as always, brought to you by the Four Feathers podcast and ONTAP Sportsnet. Um, that being said, make sure you're going to ONTAPSportsnet.com. For all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs Following us on Twitter and Instagram At Four Feathers Pod And at sportsnet. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating And review wherever you listen to them Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher Wherever it may be, we would appreciate it So, Tony, let's close this thing down How we always do Let's go Hawks Let's go Hawks